0: <laughs> That's silly.
1: Shoot
0: him now! Shoot him now!
1: Oh, I gotcha. uh... Hello, everyone, and welcome to "That's Not Quite All, Folks" the YouTube's podcast. I'm your host Mark Hallum, joined by
0: and I'm Jordan Schmidt, and um. Uh, today continues our uh, check-ins with a lot of uh, different gag-based characters we've been um, coming back to in the last couple of episodes. We did some Sylvester and Tweety's last week, and this week we are doing a couple of Roadrunner and Coyote cartoons, and comparing, contrasting, talking about gag work, talking about what Chuck Jones and Michael Maltese do. So it's, it's very much a um, art of the gags kind of show, so... Um, I don't have any, like, vulgar jokes lined up, like, at the moment, so this isn't going to be a very broad one, it's going to be very uh, inside baseball, uh, just about gag work, so uh, uh, don't fall asleep out there, especially you, Mark.
1: I won't, I'm <laughs> fine.
0: <laughs> Mark is very tired, Hooks.
1: Yes, yes, I very really am. It's It's been a rough day at work. Um, <laughs> uh, so... The episodes we're covering are ones that I didn't choose, because <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't put myself for this.
0: No, I, I randomly chose them.
1: Yeah. So the ones we're doing are Going, Going, Gosh, There They Go, 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 ending with Wild About Hurry.
0: I wanted to get a good bunch from, from several different, because there's honestly three real eras of wild Coyote. Like Roadrunner cartoons. There's the first era where they're just starting out and they're just figuring out what they are. There's the middle era, which is the longest era, where it's the yellow sky desert, the more outlandish backgrounds and the more groove of it. And then there's the tail end era where they begin to run out of steam. And I also sort of lump in the Patty Freelink and Seven Arts stuff in there. You could make a case that all three of these are from all three eras, although it's kind of marginal um the third one which one it falls into uh and we'll get into that sort of when we get to it but it captures as i wanted to ellie coyote in multiple stages in their chronology because they did so much in like a very short period of time and these characters evolved so much and i wanted to get all of that
1: so the first one we're covering today is going going gosh yes came out on august 23rd 1952 Guards were hammering on that day. Kitty Wells becomes the first woman to reach number one on the Billboard Country Chart with "It Wasn't God Who Made Honky Tonk Angels." Ah. Now we know now that it wasn't God who made honky tonk angels, but uh, the Rolling Stones who made honky tonk women.
0: God may have had something to do with that. I will say.
1: Maybe. Maybe.
0: You never know, though. I mean, you know. But.
1: (laughs) This was directed by Chuck Jones, written by Michael Maltese. Do you have to say that each one of them, like, they're all directed by Chuck Jones, written by Michael Maltese. Yeah, all of them, yeah. Of course it is. Of course they are. So, as the interesting notes here, this is the third Mm -hmm. Why Coyote Roadrunner cartoon. Yeah. All right. So, our short begins with the Roadrunner speeding along the road. Like usual. Yeah. And uh Wiley Coyote just jumps out and in front of the of the roadrunner with a knife and fork.
0: Yes, this was early strategy, Wiley. Yes. Like, I I got nothing. Let's just go with the knife and the fork, see if that works. <laughs>
1: I'll just come out of him with utensils. You know. Maybe that'll scare him. Let's let's,
0: let's not try and be nice. Let's not try and be courteous. I just, just try and eat him up with fork and knife like immediately. Yeah.
1: So uh the Lats are then they come to standstill and there's a freeze frames to where we have uh the roadrunner, whose Latin in this one is Accelerati Incredibus, hence mm-hmm. incredibly fast, and Coyote is Carnivorous Vulgarious. Right. They then slowly resume the short with the coyote just going through the mm-hmm. roadrunner's legs, he just rolls himself around his own body. He then unravels himself, chases after the, the rower, of course. Then rower shifts into hopper speed, and just Cody looked at what's going down. And goes all right. I have to actually use strategy now.
0: Yeah, something about sums it up.
1: Uh, so, as the for, uh, first gag here is the rower is speeding along the, the mountain roads. The coyote then decides he's going to shoot with a bow and arrow, and the arrow has a stick of dynamite attached to it. Yeah, it's a simple gag. Yep, and so instead of firing the arrow, he fires the bow and the dynamite explodes onto himself.
0: Yeah, I mean, but I, I will say the best part about this gag is the little trumpet spike when the bow flies.
1: In the second gag, we got the coyote doing, trying to pull a slingshot maneuver. Of course, that all fails as he just winds up pinning himself to a cactus.
0: I think that that one is like one of the best, like, slingshot setup ones that they did. Because I I, I do love the reveal of the trapped, saddened coyote as the Roadrunner flies by in the background. It's
1: nice. Then there's a gag where the coyote tries quick-drying cement. Yes. This doesn't work because the Railrunner is faster than quick-drying cement. So, of course, the coyote gets drenched in the concrete and he just gets frozen. Uh,
0: The punchline is really all in the timing there. Just like, okay, I'm going to get him. just, Just the way it just hits at the right point. I also like the, the little touch of, um, right before the Roadrunner runs across those cement, Wiley Coyote just sort of like sweeping in the, at the last second to smooth out the last of the cement. Just like, okay, just a little
1: hand comes up. He's, he, he's a perfectionist. Right. Very much so. So in this next one, Wiley decides to hide under a manhole cover with a armed hand grenade. He's going <laughs> to blow up the coyote. Because, yeah. sure.
0: This is a gag that, like, could be simple, though. Because you think, okay, grenade, Wiley, of course it's going to explode. But, like, there's so many extra pieces in here that's really cool.
1: Yeah, so, <laughs> pretty much, Wiley just has the grenade ready to go when all of a sudden a giant boulder comes and just... Slams Wiley down into the this, the ground with this grenade. So you just hear an explosion goes off, and of course Wiley's just completely dazed. Just. But then you, of course the you get like you know
0: there. exhausted Wiley. Then the manhole cover comes down again. Then the rock falls back on. Yes. It's Like like all these parts of it just like. Converge, come out, come back in. It's it's all really well orchestrated. Like, yes, you know.
1: Yes, it, it, it's the coyote getting punished with his own design.
0: Yeah, which is great.
1: <laughs> so then, um, then is the classic one that uh, that I think in all the classic coyote hmm. roadrunner segments, why coyote just up as a sexy blonde bitch? I mean hitch hitch, <laughs> uh, hitchhiker. Come on, the attempt to lure the roadrunner. But um Roadrunner uh, just speeds on by him because he he doesn't swing that way, and uh, so Roadrunner just comes back with a sign that says, "I've already got a date."
0: I love that, and it's just <laughs> yeah. like the Roadrunner with the wig, just just. <laughs> I like when the Roadrunner yeah, like just, just uses Wiley Coyote like in exactly, drag as yeah. Like the background, ra- yeah. like you know, just like whenever he just screws with him like that. Through signs
1: yes. as well. It's great. Yeah, I, I, when the roaner is aware of the coyote's doings and plays along with it with him sometimes, yeah. it, it's so much fun. We then get again another very classic roaner thing here, where yeah. Riley decides to draw a very nice painting of a of, of a of like a dead end. It's like a dead yeah. end of the road. So Riley paints the rest of the road to get the coyote to just fall to its death. Uh, had to work though, like he, like he like the kind, the Roner had to fall to his death, then then they have to go all the way down, get the carcass, go all the way to his home. It's it I, was, I think it's much more uh, pain it would be if he succeeded in this case. Yeah, lots of work, lots I mean, of travel. Yeah,
0: I mean I feel like this is the first. I I, I forget if they one of these in one of the earlier ones, but I think this is one of the first, like painting logic gags that they do. Um, and it works really well out of all of them. I, I like when they would like eventually get so good at these that they would subvert them. Like there's a later one in the Loyola Coyote and Roadrunner cartoon where Coyote paints a an outbridge in front of um, one that actually isn't out and one just more road. So he'll just make the Roadrunner stop but the Roadrunner goes through it and B- Wily believes it.
1: Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, so pretty much, the runner goes right through the painting, Wiley's like, what the hell's going on? And then a truck comes and (laughs) runs. I love that.
0: (laughs) The logic just laps itself.
1: Yeah, so Wiley gets pissed off, just runs right through the painting, and of course, it doesn't work for him (laughs) as he falls, and there's dust in the air that forms the words, oh no. I
0: love that. All three of these have lots of gags that do fun things with, like, the like clouds of dust or, or things like that in different shapes. And it's it's great.
1: Yes. So, in this next one, looking to smash the Roadrunner. Yeah. Uh, Wiley, Kite, Wiley Kite just rolls a large boulder yes. down the winding road, which the Roadrunner is facing up. You get this conflict of the boulder coming down the road. Roadrunner is on that same road. It's very intense. It's like Duel. It's like (laughs) Steven Spielberg's Duel.
0: You're really throwing Duel in here. All right.
1: I'm throwing (laughs) it under the truck. I'm throwing it under the truck, that reference. Sure.
0: I mean, I will say it's the best animation in the whole thing of just like the the cavern ways and and just the sequences of the rocks rolling down cliff faces and things. It's really it's really good.
1: Yeah, and then we find out that they was like like they switched lanes or something. Yeah. It's like the rotor went in a different odd direction, but the boulder. I love that the boulder, it what it rolled? It's it goes up to the air. Up a Serac, goes to a new set of roads, and the boulder is now rolling itself from the very top of the of the like the mountain or whatever, rolls itself down to where Wiley Coyote is. So he he doesn't know that the boulder is coming towards him until Wiley turns around, looks, and I love the glorious expression on Wiley's face. It's just (laughs) Yep. It's happening. And
0: it's an uncomfortable close up.
1: <laughs> I it love is. it.
0: This is before they could really do the whole, like, um, while he holds up a sign before the crash. It just literally, it's just like a, like, you can see the grain. It's like they just really zoomed in on it, and he just looks horrified. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, and then this um, eighth gag the coyote decides to invest in Acme. <laughs> So he gets a weather balloon, oh, yeah. an Excelsior electric fan, and Acme Street Cleaner's wagon to create a makeshift air balloon and gondola. And his plan is he's going to be in the air, look down to see the Roadrunner, and then he'll drop an anvil, which he's tied to this machine he made. Yeah. Now, how is this ever going to work? It takes time for the anvil to drop from the air to the road, even if it is heavy. Also, keep in mind that the Roadrunner is fast as hell, so of course this was going to fail. Like, yeah, you have to time that shit. Like, like he would have to be ahead of where the Roadrunner is in order for the timing to work out. But anyways, Wiley releases the anvil as he realizes that the anvil is what was keeping him balanced. <laughs> So, just so he just physics starts... Things. Just shoots... Yeah, it, it's all physics. As he just shoots them into the air... And the balloon goes high into the, the sky till it stops... Which is great. And then the rope securing the balloon... Opening on furls <clears> and he flying through the air... Until that runs out of air. And then he falls to the ground. He passes the anvil on the way down. He's falling <laughs> faster than an anvil... <laughs> He slams other to the ground, the anvil falls on his head, and the roadrunner passes over him It's
0: just so well thought like a lot of these are just very well thought out. It's like okay, we a normal animator or a normal like writer would end the joke there, but how much can we bring back how How, how can we keep it going? How can we make it even more painful for him? That's why I love the gag mentality there because it's like, okay, keep it going, bring this back, bring him overwards. That would be a good ender, but we still have one more like it's just it, they pulled out all the stops in these, and I love that.
1: So then, the last gag here, Wiley hears the roadrunner coming. He drops from a high log he's tied to and swings down towards the sound with the spear. There's a very nice perspective of, it's like a first-person perspective of Wiley. (laughs) Wait, no, no. Not first-person. It's like third person, I think, of just while he's coming close to the camera, he's just like red in his eyes, he's so stressed <laughs> out about this thing, only to realize that the beeping is coming from an oncoming truck, <laughs> It's the Cody drives straight into, he's wagging to the air, he's wandering on the log, as we find out that the runner is driving the yes. truck.
0: It's the second week in a row that we have a short that ends with um, our heroes behind, like, a, a moving vehicle, just to screw over our villain. <laughs> But yeah, this yeah. one had a lot less casualties.
1: Yes. This one didn't have 350 men, women, children die in a burning <laughs> building.
0: The blood is not on the Roadrunner's hands. Wiley is still alive. There's nobody else in that desert. No one else to slaughter.
1: No. <laughs> uh, this is a really good Runner Y Cody cartoon. Um, the gags in this were tight, and then they felt wasted. Each gag here feels like a classic one. I especially love the gags were took a minute for the coyote to realize that he's going to get punished for the act that he's doing.
0: Look, I mean, we talked at length about the gag work. Um, I liked how they were thinking. I liked how they organized this one. Really good progression. Barely anything that didn't work. Uh, a lot of good lengthy gags, as well as a lot of good short gags. I don't have a lot of like real notes about this one. It just it worked. It, it's it's a, an earlier Wildcat Coyote effort that really gets the formula down. I think a lot of the later ones would come back to this sort of formula as the one one of the first ones that really worked.
1: Yeah. So I'm giving this a, a four point five out of five anvils.
0: That's exactly what I'm giving it. It's it's solid. It's not perfect, but it's just a really good y uh, Coyote one that gets the ball rolling, literally and figuratively. <laughs> um, so the next one we have is "There They Go Go Go," which was released on November tenth, nineteen fifty-six. On this day, the comedian Sinbad was born.
1: Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah,
0: Sinbad of um, okay, Sinbad. Yeah, he was in Jingle All the Way and, and, you know. House Guest. House Guest, yeah, that's the name of the one I was trying to think of. And that genie movie that doesn't exist,
1: uh, he's he's a funny (laughs) fella.
0: He did really well in the early 90s and then sort of flamed out a little bit. But um, a talented chap. Um, Also in theaters um, when this was out was uh, Love Me Tender starring Elvis Presley. Um, this was the beginning of the Elvis movie, uh, trend. Uh.
1: Elvis again!
0: Yeah, Elvis just keeps showing up on all these 50s ones. It's almost like he was big in the 50s or something. This is a Chuck Jones, Michael Maltese film, quite obviously. Um, I don't think I have any other background stuff, so I'll just go right into it. So the opening of this one is a very inspired and extended opening gag. And most of this gag doesn't even involve the Roadrunner. Because we just focus on the daily life of Wiley Coyote, where he makes a chicken out of clay, roasts it in an oven that he has. He has an like a, a, a brick oven that he has lying around. Yeah. Um, because he's so hungry, he just is eating things that aren't even like food. And the detail on the animation of Wiley chomping on the le- the, the chicken oh, leg. Oh my god. Um, what was that?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm really It's really good.
0: It's yeah, like, the detail. I mean, the single tooth comes out. He has a yeah. visible reaction. It's it's great. Just wordless character stuff. We're just living yes. with Wiley at the moment, and just you know, this is his life. And also, in the response, he makes a trash bin out of clay, dumps the chicken in it, just for that. And it's there that we start getting the Latin name. Where uh, Coyote is uh, famishus fantasticus, and uh, uh, Road Runner's wasn't as funny, so I didn't write it down. <laughs> I love because this is where um, the Road Runner comes by. I love him getting startled, the bin landing on his head, a question mark appearing, and <laughs> uh, you see it's a trend in all of these, and him peeking out with the chicken on his head. So it's already just really funny without like even like most yeah. of the gag work starting.
1: Yes, yeah, so I love that we begin with this the sequence because it really does actively explain why you can't just eat anything else but the roadrunner. Yeah. I know I know that Adventures of Roadrunner Special try to explain it. it's like, "Oh, yes. the runner is very like no, this is a much more sympathetic and easy to get across opening. Yeah,
0: beep beep zip tang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: He wants to eat the Roadrunner because literally it's either that or Mud. Yes. So he's gonna go with Which is that.
0: also Wiley's name.
1: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> also, this the, the entire animation in this opening bit is such prime Chuck Jones animation.
0: I mean, we'll get into the actual gag here, but um something that I immediately noticed when we actually see the Roadrunner and the Coyote in the chase here. A, this one has great, wild, excellent music. I think of the three, this is the best music. Which all three have really good music. Here, with this cartoon, we're officially in the outlandish desert period of Ro- Ro- Roadrunner and Coyote. Very minimalist yellow backgrounds and more stylization. Less attempts to actually make this look like a real desert. And around here, because it's 56, the ante needs to be upped. So the opening gag, which is very drawn out, ends with fire lighting the Roadrunner's trail. And Wiley needing to dig a water hole to put out of
1: oh. this. Oh, it's it, so good.
0: It is. It's, it's excellent, uh, and that's literally just the start of the cartoon. It's like a two-minute intro, and it's great. So we get into gags here. Um, this one starts with a pole gag, which is funny because the last one ended with a pole gag, and um, where he's literally just you know coming from up high and trying to just swing down with a pole to catch the run runner, and he ends up uh, miss shooting and, and just sort of crashing very awkwardly into the ground. I love that. <laughs> um, Mark, um, I can't believe this is becoming a frequent occurrence in my notes. But once again, I come to the point in my notes where I have the phrase, Sweet Jesus, he's got a gun. <laughs> it happened with Cecil. It happened with... Um, the giant. Oh, the giant who had a gun. And now we have Um well, Wiley Coyote handling a gun. And it's a revolver. Ah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Just shoot the Roadrunner with an ordinary, everyday gun. That'll work. It's the Indiana
0: Jones thing, when all else was just shoot yeah. the guy. Um, And I've always really liked this revolver gag as well, because the whole thing is, it's not just a revolver. It is a spring-loaded trapdoor revolver, where once somebody runs, like, once the switch is pulled, the gun literally pops out and fires, like, with the attached to a spring. And so what happens is that the switch is flipped, the gun springs over, lands next to Wiley instead of actually landing near the, the, the Roadrunner. And I love Wiley very meekly putting his finger in it and shooting and just <laughs> turning gray with all his soot. And then it drags him by the finger into the trap door, and I love the ending shot of Wiley's fur crammed all in there. It's great. It's a great gag. This one also has a slingshot gag... Where he's, he's, he's sort of, you know, going with a rubber band with a tree. And I it's, 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 a, it's also very simple where just you, the, the tree, instead of actually letting go, the tree just slaps him around back and forth. <laughs> great sound effects there. Um, one I really like in this one is the Rotunda of Spiky Balls. <laughs> it's a great oh, one. Oh, that was... So- yeah, because there's so many little yes. pieces of this that's like really, really good. Because obviously, you know, okay... Rotunda of Spiky Balls, and you know when the when the switch is flung, then um, you know it's gonna go off and you know obviously try and wound the Roadrunner. But it's attached to this little like like bar in the middle, and so he pulls it. It starts spinning, and it and the the physics of the spin like sort of pulls it upward off of the pole, and then all the way over to Wiley. Um, So many great things in here. The powerhouse cue when it lifts off the ground. Wiley bracing for impact for a moment, and then the sounds of it hitting him, complete with Wiley looking beat up for a couple of frames. And the way they time it. So we pause, and one last spike ball (laughs) hits him.
1: Perfect. It's great. It's great. Great. Love it.
0: (laughs) And then we have the broken ladder gag, which is... It starts out looking, okay, it's going to be a simple gag. I don't know. It'll tip over. It'll fall. But... The way he does it, because he has a, a ladder that he sort of saws to break in, in the middle, puts it in between two cliff faces, waits for the Roadrunner to come across it. Roadrunner actually took a different path is completely above him, so Wiley has to like use the ladder to get up there. And you know that the ladder's going to break. Obviously, with this gag, you know it's going to break, and so you're prepared for that. And yet, the timing... Of the ladder breaking, the second Wily tries to climb up the second half. Complete with the sign, the cracking sound effect. And the... Fwing! Is awesome. And then... The end of it might be the best part. Where Wily is climbing up the ladders as they're both falling. <laughs> just jumping to the next one. Realizing he's heading to the ground. It's... Raising his fist and yelling as it comes down. And he slams through the the, the bars of it.
1: Okay. If I was a cynical marketing asshole, I, I, I would I, I would look at that scene and go, "I can I bet you I can make a free to play game out of this, of so <laughs> Cody jumping off, yeah, breaking." You
0: know, that's that's a, that's a flash game for you. <laughs> it's a level of something. So we have some some simple gags. Next, um, the wheel of dynamite gag is very simple. Um, he has a, a, a lit dynamite in a wheel. The wheel ends up going down the cliff. The dynamite stays with him. Brief realization. How is a
1: how is a wheel of dynamite going to help anyone? <laughs> I mean, what was the plan there? Did the <laughs> rover come? So he's just gonna push a wheel of dynamite and hopefully they'll converge.
0: You see, the thing about Wild Coyote is that he thinks his plans through somewhat. But not entire. <laughs> not like entirely. there's so many plans where I'm like, okay, I see this step, and it's like, wait a minute. Okay, no, this I haven't thought of. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, so maybe I should have done that. You, you, you just see him realizing the little missing pieces as he goes, and it's just always not quite there. And that's that's what's so great yeah. about him. Um, the same with the rocket gag that's next, where he's literally just inside a giant rocket, and he, he lights it. He lights the fuse, and instead of the rocket going off, he flies out of the rocket and into a cliff face. Very simple. Um, I think the most famous gag in this cartoon is the one they end with. Would you agree with me there? Oh, yes. This is very famous. The boulder trapdoor gag, which is people who don't know cartoon by cartoon, the Riley Coyote stuff, they know this gag, and they know pieces of this gag. Okay. He has boulders behind like a trapdoor. Pulls the switch, they don't fall. Nothing happens. He pounds on it from above. Nothing happens. So, logically, he must pound at it from below. And so he just starts getting a stick and then and, and picking at it. And then you just see him slowly realize what he's doing and holding up a sign that says, In heaven's name, what am I doing? <laughs> so good. Just the the, the brief glint of humanity in the Wiley guy. I was like, wait a minute. I may have made a gigantic mistake. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. And then, before the rocks fall on him, he grabs this tiny umbrella. Which isn't going to (laughs) help. And our ending, I love that it's just the, the pile of rocks that landed on Wiley. A little flag coming out between a couple of them just... A white flag being raised, and it's just the end. <laughs> so meek. He's like, "All right, I give up. Fine, that's it. End the cartoon.
1: Fine. Oh, are we mud? <laughs> as that is my name. Hi, how
0: are you doing? My name is Mud. <laughs> <laughs> remember, Mud spelled backwards is dumb. Uh. So, another really, really, really damn good one. Um, there, there. There were a lot of little gags, but the bulk of this was just extended gags, especially the opening, the last gag, the um, the, the latter gag, you had a lot of just really good fleshed out ideas converging up on each other and just some great later era Wiley stuff like the character stuff we see from the beginning, why he's driven as mad as he does and ending with that like driven to the point past logic sort of ending. I, I, I think this is another really damn good one.
1: Yeah. Just really great gags. Yes. Very well animated. I think that mm-hmm. really blew me away with this one was how very well done the animation is. Like, the animation-wide cartoons has never been bad. It's always been, like, pretty good. But, like, for some reason, this one just, I don't know why, but just, oh, all of a sudden, the animation was really good, especially in, in those first two minutes. Right. Especially there. Definitely. Oh my
0: god. I, I, I really like this one. I feel like I'm shortchanging it by only giving it 4.5 out of 5, but I, I really liked it.
1: I'm also giving it a 4.5 out of 5.
0: Okay, good. I thought it was gonna I thought you were gonna give it a 5, but um no. Okay, good. Um and finally,
1: <laughs> we
0: have our um, third one here. This is I don't I, I imagine you look this up as well, but there is a lot of really good stuff on this day too. <laughs>
1: Alright. So this is Wild About Hurry. Released on October tenth, nineteen fifty-nine. In terms of what happened that day. Now tell me, Jordan, do you wanna begin with the JFK um, assassination or end with the JFK assassination? <laughs> 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 where, where did you go with this one? You know, it's funny. I I saw that, and I was like, it seems like such a
0: footnote. Like, it seems like the kind of thing where it's like, why is that a notable thing that happened on this day? Um, do you want?
1: Let's just get that
0: out of the way first, because there's a lot of really good shit in here.
1: All right. So, JFK's assassin assa- assassin. assassin assassin assassinator. <laughs> Lee, Lee Harvey Oswald, <laughs> that chap. You said signed. that like, I,
0: Mark. You said that like you were. What? It was the Scooby-Doo gang taking off the mask. <laughs> Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> hey, I remember him. He was at Dealey Plaza back in the day. Yeah, and I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you meddling kids and your vice presidents. Take him away, Mr. Ruby. Wait, stop! (laughs) What's that, Scoob? (laughs) What's that, Scoob? There might have been two more gunmen? (gasps) (laughs) Like,
1: let's go get him!
0: (laughs) What were you going to say?
1: So, Lee Harvey Oswald signed a guest book in Hotel Helsinki. Yeah. Now, I feel we need some some context behind that cuz it seems like a real what the, what the fuck was he doing shit. in Helsinki? So, Lee Harvey Oswald in October of 1959, just before he turned 20, um traveled to the Soviet oh, Union. Oh, great. <laughs> he taught himself Russian, saved 1.5 thousand of his salary. He spent uh, two days with his mom in Fort Worth, then went on a ship by sea. That <laughs> makes no sense. Uh huh. He then embarked by ship on September twentieth from New Orleans to Le Havre, France. Mm-hmm. Is this shit just kissing all, all of our favorite gags? <laughs> Fucking uh, look. We got we got the Russians. We got France. We got. Is <laughs>
0: Gandhi in there? no he's he's long dead by that point um
1: okay, so he went he went to France he then traveled to the United Kingdom. Right. He arrived in Southampton on October ninth. He told officials he had seven hundred dollars planned to stay for one week for- for proceeding to a school in mm. Switzerland. However, on October ninth he flew to Helsinki and in there he checked in at the hotel tourney room three o nine mm. but he then moved to Hotel Claus room 429. Hmm. He was he then he was then issued a Soviet visa on October 14th. He then left Helsinki by train the following hmm. day, crossed the Soviet border at Fun. <laughs> I can't fucking uh, pronounce it. What that. is it? V A I N I K K L A L A I, I have no idea. Shama, say?
0: Anyway,
1: <laughs> He went to some place. It was. A, he went to a small village in the eastern Finland. Okay. There. Makes was he areas. finished? Oh, he's, he's finished. All right. He's never finished. Clearly. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh he—he's certainly finished.
0: Jack Ruby, we have to thank to that. <laughs> Mark, did I yeah. ever tell you that Jack Ruby so, is a running gag in one of my uh, friend groups?
1: No, <laughs> I never told you about this. That? <laughs>
0: yeah, um, I—I I forget exactly what the impetus of it was, but I—I <laughs> I think that just this was when I was in my improv club at, at college, and a couple of these guys, for some reason, shoehorned the concept of time-traveling Jack Ruby into this scene. And we laughed our asses off. And then it became such a running gag that we ended up playing this... I think think we ended up playing this sort of, like, Jackbox-esque game where, like, we had to put in answers. And there was a a point where we were playing around and literally, like, five out of the six of us put in Jack Ruby as that answer. And so what happened, I literally (laughs) had to look away from the TV and I could just tell when the Jack Rubies were coming in, just by the spikes <laughs> of laughter. <laughs> I literally laughed so hard oh that night, God. I nearly, like, I, I think that was the night I puked on a table, because I was laughing so hard. Um, <laughs> Jack Ruby is just a running gag with us, and I'm still not quite sure why. Um, but That's oh amazing. It's-
1: <laughs> so... Oswald arrived in Moscow on October 16th. His visa, that only for a week, was due to expire on October 21st. Ah. So, it was literally Oswald went to Russia. He stayed at this one place on this specific day, October 10th, 1959. Thrilling so, stuff. Uh, what else happened okay, on that? Okay, there's a day? lot of other good things. that well, happened, happened on that day?
0: day? Um, there were a couple famous birthdays. Um, Bradley Whitford, who um best known for The West Wing. Oh. Um he was in um a scene stealing role in uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Um he's he's been in a bunch of things. He's he's snarky and, and cool. He was born on that day. Julius Sweeney, SNL alum, best known for playing uh, the, the role of okay. Pet. In, uh, in those sketches born on this day my favorite one though because it's more in, it's into my, my niche music shit uh, mark if i said the name kirsty mccall would that mean anything to you no kirsty mccall um english vocalist of the 80s and 90s frequented a lot of the alt rock uh indie indie pop kind of things sort of a singer-songwriter type very very good vocalist um uh, best known over here it's very funny because we're recording this around Christmas time, I will say. And um Mark, do you know the song Fairy Tale in New York by the Poland? They got cars, big as bars, they got rivers of gold. But the windows right through you, it's no place for the old.
1: When you first took my hand on the cold Christmas Eve, you promised me Broadway was waiting for me. You're handsome. You yeah, were pretty clean. When, when the band playing, playing, they held
0: from sure we're swinging, all the Very famous Christmas song uh, by the Pogues. Uh, Kirsty McCall is the female vocalist on that. Um, very striking vocals mm. on there. Um, she guested on a lot of indie songs, including uh, Sexuality by Billy Bragg, uh, Don't Wanna Be Part of Your World by David Byrne. She... Was a favorite of a lot of people in those corners, and she died tragically in an accident in the year 2000. Um, not even, not even 41. Uh, very tragic, but she was one heck of a talent. Um, it is. And also, Bobby Darren's "Mac the Knife" was number one in the US and the UK on the charts. So. Oh, the shark babe has such teeth, dear.
1: And it shows them Pearly White. And it's a good
0: time for a great taste. Dinner at McDonald's. It's McDonald's. Come on, make it
1: McDonald's. Wait, so that means that in the movie JFK, they have a scene of Lee Harvey Oswald checking in to that hotel. If they play Mac the <laughs> Knife on the radio, it's historically really? accurate. Really? Yeah, Yeah, that be historically accurate. It's like, yes, of course that song was played yes. when he checked into this hotel. Sure. This movie wins points.
0: Were Mr. and uh... Mrs. Whitford also in, in Helsinki at the time? <laughs> <laughs> Our snarky son is being born. <laughs> Here, Lee Harvey, why don't you cut the cord?
1: <laughs>
0: Certainly. Who's that coming around the hall? (laughs) Oh!
1: Like, get him! Gangway!
0: (laughs) I was worried that that this would be a really short episode, though. Thank God for the Lee Harvey Harvey, Oswald shit.
1: Something that is never said in, (laughs) like, goodness for Lee Harvey Oswald. Oh, also, also hard. So, uh, the guy uh, Jack Ruby, right? Jack the Ruby, yes. Does he have any relation to Joe Ruby? I don't think so. <laughs> So, are telling me, is the creator of Scooby Doo? Scooby Doo has nothing, no relation <laughs> to the man who killed Leonardo DiCaprio. No, absolutely not. Because you're, you're making all these Scooby Doo jokes. I'm thinking, motherfucker, I know the Cogar Scooby Doo was named Joe Ruby. That has some connection. <laughs>
0: Uh Alright gang, let's, let's split up and scooby look for do. clues. I'll tell you Velma, You and you and Daphne, you go over um to the bush to the library over there. Shaggy, you and Scoob check out Mr. Zapruder.
1: Like okay <laughs> Uh That's where Scooby-Do has to go now. Yeah.
0: Next scooby doo and guess who? It's gonna be the JFK assassination with Guy Fietti. <laughs>
1: Like Daisy's all always good book. <laughs> What's funny is that show actually does get damn good guests for that show. Like no shit, like they get like really big names for that show now. It's, it's so funny. Oh god. Like like it's it's no longer tied just like Don. Nope now with the Han Globe Now they can get fucking Mark Hamill. And no, they Sheldon, they actually have like, like good people on. So. Deep
0: Anyway, um we should be probably talking about um Wile E. Coyote cards. Oh yeah, Wile
1: E. Coyote! Uh directed by Chuck Jones, remember yes. by Michael Maltese. Okay, that's um,
0: This is a, a cool one because the opening sequence doesn't waste any time. It's also gags. Like, it's Wiley cutting a rope with a boulder to over the credits, and then the Chuck credit is Wiley taking off on a firecracker. Like, they're actually like using all the time they have, which <laughs> is great.
1: Yeah, I, I just love... what my favorite oh. animation tropes is having fun with the credits. Because animation, you, do you want. do So, like, when Wily's rocket explodes, the Entire by Chuck Jones credit just goes all over the place and loses letters.
0: Yeah. Um, and by the way, the Latin names I wrote down, I, I like them a lot. Um, Wiley's is uh, Heart Hedipus, Oedipus, which is great. And... Roadrunners is, is bad out of is Someone call Meatloaf.
1: Which, that gag, that uh, credit, I think that got cut out. Yeah, you TV can't really say hell in some places. You, know, you can't know, say kids that. Kids are watching. Even in Latin. Even in La- It's fucking Latin. No, no, no. If the six-year-old finds out that it's saying bad out of hell, we're all going to hell in a hell basket.
0: Whatever, it's only children. <laughs> but yeah, it starts out with, with Wiley chasing roadrunner on a firecracker and first of all i love the firecracker sort of springing out like like uh, after driving into the cliff face it's just sort of like just it's sort of like a slinky sort of like like consistency of just like sort of springing back i i I liked that and the shot of because obviously you know wiley keeps flying and then you know okay thinks he's has him and then rams right into another cliff face i love the shot of constricted wiley getting up and glaring at the camera. As the muted trumpet um, has him stop. Already, it, it it it's off to a nice start.
1: Yeah, and this is where we get the uh, the rubber band. Yeah, this is another yeah, slingshot the giant gag. Rubber band,
0: which is a little simpler than the other ones, but the plop of him just sort of landing works.
1: Yes, and this is a guy who was in the uh, Bugs Bunny rubber movie. Oh, great! This one, here awesome
0: giant rubber band. I don't think it's the strongest one here, but it's nice. Um. The rock flip gag is next, right? I I feel like there's one in between. Yes. Okay, good. All right. The rock flip gag is pure Jones Maltese logic. Because he's trying to flip a rock over a cliff to land on the Roadrunner. The rock is just stuck on the edge of the cliff face. Wiley, from history, knows not to put all of his weight on it. So he just jumps on it and then jumps back. Repeatedly, and nothing happens. And then frustrated, he jumps on the rock repeatedly, and, and of course it falls with him. So, Mark, did you notice the little animation error in this next bit?
1: Hmm,
0: I don't think so. Okay. Well, I, well, wow, I, I noticed it and you didn't. All right, cool. So as we're falling, and Wiley realizes, because he's pushing down on it even as it's falling, then he realizes, wait a minute, he, he's falling, he's lost. There's a frame where Wiley's eyes don't have the yellow in them, as it's just the brown with the black pupils. Oh, yeah.
1: Um, I thought...
0: Think-
1: was intentional
0: i don't think it was i think they forgot to put it in uh it's back a second later when he looks over the side but i think he just uh, okay yeah all i right. think they just forgot to add in the lot which all right fine
1: sure. i mean <laughs> i mean pretty much that image is just a white funko pop anyway right? ah right. yeah
0: you're right exactly but you think the gag is over but i love the physics here of him turning the rock into a spinning object to try and stop its fall. But it brings them literally through the ground into a train tunnel. I love that so much. And then the little dazed Wily spinning a little afterwards.
1: Yeah. Um. My thing about this gag. I like of the ones where it's Wily jumping on the rock and the rock Falls and he doesn't realize it. I liked the one. Ah, damn, which one was it? It's the one where he, he jumps, falls, another rock comes, and he's like trying not to get squished in between the rocks, but he winds up getting hit anyway. That yeah, one? I remember that
0: one. Yeah, I think so. I just forget what it is.
1: I like that one better than this one. Okay, fair. I, I, like, I like
0: that one a lot too. I just thought this one was pretty good too. All
1: right. So then get this uh, railroad construction job.
0: Yeah, just the background reveal of Wiley building all his railroad track in the desert and on the peaks and on the cliffs is great. You know, just great animation of all that. And all of that for just nothing almost.
1: He just lands straight into the ground.
0: Yeah. Like, the rocket sled isn't able to... It, it's not able to make a simple upward curve and just breaks through. Next is the magnet grenade one, which works very simply. Because... Because you know it's 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 leading the roadrunner there with birdseed covering iron, and then having a magnet draw him in, attached with a roller skate to a grenade, and I, (laughs) and of course it ends up like, the magnet ends up pulling away from the grenade, and the grenade is left near Wiley, and I love Wiley peeking up with several question marks. It's great. Um yes. this is the bowling ball in the tube, right?
1: Yeah. We get another bowling ball. Again, we just had one yeah. last week, and here's another bowling ball. Bowling yeah.
0: balls are fun though, I, I gotta say, especially yeah. in cartoons. Like, you know, they they, they they cause a nice amount of pain. Um I have to say though, did the bowling ball that bounces back up the tube and hits Wiley in the face have some flubber on there? <laughs> is this a John Hughes <laughs> script?
1: Well, you see, that that wouldn't work because Robin Williams would never turn on a role where his character is silent. <laughs> oh, no, 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 Robin, No talking. <laughs> Much harming. Robin me.
0: Williams trying to play a silent character. Like, I think he even played, like, <laughs> m- talking mimes, too. Like, just, he couldn't do it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to play the mimes. Like, didn't work. Yeah, just. <laughs> now, the steel ball gag. Goes on a bit long. Well, yes, it does.
0: But, mm, mm, I don't know if this upset you as much as it upset me. Because obviously, you know, Wiley encases himself in a giant steel ball and rolls down a hill, you know, in order to hit uh, the Roadrunner. Misses. Ends up flying into a body of water. Mm. Hey, uh, Mark, um, How do you classify
1: a desert? A completely dry space where Mm -hmm. no liquid could persevere.
0: Yeah, um, they don't usually tend to have water. Now, here's the thing. I will overlook the gag in um, the last one, the gag in There They Go, 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 where Wiley digs randomly in the middle of the ground in order to get some water to put his ass out. Because that just goes with bizarreness and it just goes into the sort of the, the tactics of um, where to find random pieces of water in the middle of nowhere. But right. this is more than just digging something up and finding something under the earth. This is a river in the desert with a waterfall and some underwater shit. Why are we having an underwater scene in a fucking Wile E. Coyote and Car- Road Runner cartoon? It's like having a space scene in a Wile E. Coyote Roadrunner cartoon where the sky isn't even there uh i understand the hijink they're going for though i understand okay he gets in here then he gets thrown around and then you know blown up this hill and then over that hill i understand that but having him drop in a river and down a waterfall in a desert takes me out of it a little bit um i and
1: and again for me it just goes on too long.
0: I did like the runner of of the train coming back, the same train from before, throwing him back. And the whole joke is that it puts him in an endless cycle of like like going too far, getting back in the river, back on the, the railroad track, being knocked this way, that way. And and at the very end, the road runner holds up a little sign that says "Here we go again." <laughs> um, but it just not a great ending gag to go on.
1: Yeah. So there were some really good gags in this. You know, I I I really like the opening, uh, as well as the bowling ball gag, and the rocket gag that merely fails. But I do think there were one or two gags that meandered a bit, though. Yeah. Specifically, the the Wiley jumps on a big rock gag, which I've seen done better in other shorts. I think the ending gag with the destructible ball went on a bit too long. Because how is there water in the desert? I still, yeah, no, no, I that would just.
0: Did not like that one. Um, A few gags didn't work. The steel ball pissed me off a little bit. There were still some great energy, some gags that did work, um, some good Maltese and Jones writing. It just felt like a lesser um, offering, and it felt like things were winding down at the studio, which they were. Um, Not one of the better ones, especially compared to the first two that we had to cover.
1: Yeah. So... I'm giving this a 4 out of 5.
0: Amos. I'm giving it a 3.5 out of 5. The steel ball thing knocked off a little bit more than I think you did. But it's still pretty good. Yeah. Just you know. Yeah, flawed.
1: You know, and that's something that I forgot about is that this is the last Chuck Jones short released in the 50s. This released really? in October, released in October 59. Nope. There were no Chuck Jones stores released in November, December, so
0: damn. Maybe he just took the, the rest of the year off. <laughs> You've had a great decade.
1: Just, just, just take the
0: next couple months off. We'll put you up something in January.
1: Yeah, I'll clearly have the same classic um, gravitas in the '60s and uh, some of them, but um, yeah. no, I no, but just like like yeah, this had the end of his era that that. For me, frankly, began hmm. with long-haired hair in uh, 1949, hmm. and kind of ends here with uh, well, about Hurry.
0: Yeah, no, um, you know, he, he had a very nice run in this decade. He he came to prominence. He basically outdid like, like Fritz reeling Very much was the, the the big patron saint of the the termite terrace gang in the late 40s, I think. And then around 1951, 1952, Chuck Jones begins to really. Pull ahead with his, not only with uh, Runner and Coyote stuff, not only with his other one shots, and it would turn into big things, but he just knew how to write for Bugs and Daffy. He knew how to write for Bugs and Elmer. He just had the sort of idea work to just speed through perceptions and expectations. And he just, he was just on for a while. And yes, he began to coast a little bit in the late 50s. And obviously, not everyone he did in that decade was perfect. And bugs his bonnets. But um, he, the heights of that decade were unlike the heights of any other animator in that. Like, Frizzly, Freeling did well,
1: but not not Chuck. Well, I hate to say it, but you yeah. know. All right. Let's see what uh, you guys had to say about these uh, Wild Coyote cartoons. <gasps> All
0: right. Uh, our comment this week is from my friend Chris at SwagKirby778. Um,. It's very cool that I have friends that have s- seeked out this podcast and leave comments and get on it. That's very cool. Uh, Chris uh, on this week's batch says that Going Going Gosh has my favorite coyote gag of all time. The old Virginia or bust gag. The one where he's yeah. in drag, right? That's great. Yeah.
1: That, that, it is funny. <laughs> it is. Um, <laughs>
0: the, the depths of it. The fact that it's not just like, you know, hey, how are you doing? It's just like, okay, I'm going to Virginia. Someone stop me. And Roadrunner just literally going, what the hell are you doing, essentially. That's great. Um, uh, yeah. these, the ca- the gag work on these, man, was just... <laughs> so many fun ideas. And even, even dipping into the sort of drag mentality of Bugs Bunny cartoons as well.
1: Alright, so uh, thank you for
0: coming. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening to the show.
1: Okay, so for next week's show we're going to look some more into uh Chuck Jones gag mentality where the where there's barely any dialogue it's um the Sam and Ralph shorts yeah which uh, we've never covered before
0: we should have done these like a, like 10 or 15 ago when we were doing other characters um yeah. i like sam
1: and ralph shorts a lot
0: i think that's um it's about time we did some of these
1: yes so the ones we're covering are don't Give Up the Sheep, mm-hmm. the uh, first one never did, A Sheep in the Deep, and Woolen Underwear. Very
0: nice. I'm sure we'll have some nice things to say about that one, and we'll also just contrast the gag work in those with stuff that, they, that we talked about in the Wally Coyote ones. Because it's different, it's very different. It's not just, it's not quite the same. And so we'll have fun, I think, with
1: those. Yeah, because it's a
0: different dynamic it is because they're uh, they're amiable. They're not trying to kill each other. They're just one is trying to stop the other from doing the other's job. And the shenanigans ensue. So it's a lot more complicated than just one trying to eat the other. So
1: all right. That's the end of this week's show. If you'd like to keep up with us on Twitter, you can follow me at Mark Hallam, 1995. And you can
0: follow me at Tall Guy Schmidt.
1: If you'd like to keep up with the podcast or give your thoughts for next week's episode, you can follow at that underscore Looney or type in the podcast title. We are the first result. You can
0: also find our podcast wherever podcasts are readily available. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Player FM, Anchor, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, um. Jack Ruby has a podcast um, a service called um, Scoobcast. Because maybe they are, really.
1: Just Jack and Joe Ruby kinda talk about one thing they have in, in, in common. <laughs> I
0: killed a presidential assassin. What'd you do? I, I created a cartoon show. We're so alike.
1: Alright, so until next week, I'm
0: Mark. And I'm Jordan, and remember, Oswald <laughs> well did it!